scripture reading this morning comes from Psalms 89. We'll be reading through verses 19 through 37. This is on page 423 of your Pew Bible. Uh, This chapter has a concept of faithfulness in it, and uh, so we ask you to uh, count how many times this subject of faithfulness is brought up in the what we read and think about who is being faithful. Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people and said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have exalted a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant. With sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. No enemy will subject him to tribute. No wicked man will oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior. I will also appoint him my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I will maintain my love to him forever, and my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. If his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, If they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with the rod, their iniquity with with flogging. But I will not take my love from him, nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David that his line will continue forever and his throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky. Thanks, David. We have been going through the fruit of the Spirit for the bulk of the summer, winding down here as we think about Galatians 5.22 and the way in which God's Spirit works among us to make us what God wants us to be. We're going to finish today with Psalm 89, but there are some things I wanted to say before we get there. And uh, these all have to do with the notion of what it means for us to be faithful. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. gentleness and self-control. When we think of faithfulness, the first thing I think that comes to most of our minds is the idea of what it means to be faithful to God. The world doesn't use the word faith very much, except out of, in the context of religion. So when we as Christians start talking about faith, we tend to think in terms of faithfulness toward God, being faithful to the end, 
our uncompromising belief in him. And that's a good thing. We see a passage like this. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death and I will give you life as your victor's crown. That's the kind of thought that we typically have when we think about faithfulness. Something about being faithful perhaps toward death. And without faith, Hebrews eleven six says, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so when we think of what it means to have faith, we think of belief. And if I ask you, what is the grounds on which your salvation is based? You would say, well, my salvation is based on belief. Well, for the moment, at least for today, I want to change that a bit. I want to move away from the concept of just thinking about our faithfulness to God in terms of something that we do until death or belief in him and think instead about faithfulness specifically in the context in which we find it in Galatians 5.22. Because I don't think that that, this main way that we usually think of faithfulness, I don't think that that's really where Paul is focused. Look at the context here. Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the words that immediately surround the word faithfulness in Paul's verse. And if I just ask you what those have to do with, you probably are not going to say that they have to do with our relationship specifically with God. Like patience, patience with God. I don't think so. Kindness, are we supposed to be kind to God? Well, in some sense, I suppose, but obviously that's not the focus. I want to be good to God, but God doesn't really need my goodness. I want to be gentle with God and my relationship with him, I suppose, in some way. But I don't think that's what Paul was really getting at. And faithfulness seems to be couched in this context. So what is it that Paul is focused on if he's not focused specifically on our relationship with God and our faithfulness toward him. I would say instead he's focused on human relationships and that the faithfulness that we're talking about in Galatians 5.22 has a lot more to do with the faithfulness that we are to exhibit in our human relationships than our relationship specifically with God. Now notice this. This is in verse 19, just up above verse 22. The acts of the sinful nature, and Paul says these are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Well, how many of those have specifically to do with our relationship directly with God? So that that's obviously what Paul is focused on. Well, I don't think very many. In fact, I would say that idolatry and witchcraft are the two in those in that list that are really focused on specifically relationship with God. So you're going to you're going to be faithful to God rather than faithful to some idolatrous idol. You're going to be faithful to God and live in his spiritual world rather than some other spiritual world like witchcraft. But what is the direction of all of these other words. Like, for example, these. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. 
These are influenced by our relationship with God. But the question is not, are you faithful to God? The question is, are you living a moral life with those things? Wouldn't you say? Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Certainly our relationship with God is going to impact those. But most specifically, it's talking here about my own behavior. And then what about these when we add that to them? Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. What's the focus of those words? Is it not the relationships that we have with other people? Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage... Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, that, like those all have to do with my relationship with other people, not so much my relationship specifically with God. So my personal moral character and my relationships with people is the real focus of verse 19, which makes me think that that's the real focus of verse 22 as well. Paul in verse 22 is giving a contrast to where we need to be with the fruit of the Spirit in our lives as opposed to verse 19. So we've got verse 19 that says, don't be like this. Verse 22 says, be like this. And when Paul talks then about the fruit of the Spirit, I think he is talking much more directly about our relationships with people than he is specifically with our relationship with God. Now again, is our relationship with God going to impact the way in which we deal with people? Of course. But I think it's a different question. The question is not... For this morning, when we talk about this kind of faithfulness, the question is not, will you be faithful to Christ alone when persecuted? That's not the question. The question is not, will you become a Muslim instead of a Christian? The question is not, will you become an atheist? That's not the kind of issue we're focusing on this morning when we ask the question about faithfulness. Instead, I think we're focused on this question. What kind of Christian will you be with respect to all your relationships? And it's easy to see this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're talking here not so much about your relationship with God. We're talking about what's the Holy Spirit going to do in your life with respect to your relationships with other people. Our behavior when it comes to other people is supposed to be shaped by the Spirit of God. And clearly one of the elements that is supposed to represent our life in our relationships with people is this element of faithfulness. Faithfulness, not just in our relationships with God, but indeed with each other. I don't know how often you tell other Christians that you love them. I don't know if when we have a greeting time and fellowship on Sunday morning, if you stand up, Curtis says, let's all stand up and say hi to each other. I don't know if you go to somebody and say, you know what? I just want to tell you today that I love you. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. And we share a bond. We have something special that goes on between us. 
There's something that we share together that nobody else shares. This relationship between ourselves of Christ. But I think that when we do say things like that, it gets at the the point. It goes in the direction of where Paul is trying to go with the fruit of the Spirit. Of what it means for us to treat other people well. For us to care for one another in this way. So we'll define for a moment faithfulness in this context. I think it looks like this. And I think this is what the Holy Spirit wants to develop in our lives. Dependability. Steadfast adherence to a person or idea. Obligation. Loyalty. Undeviating allegiance. Constancy. Staunchness. Resoluteness. Unwavering determination. Willingness to overlook the inadequacies in others in in supporting them. Standing by them. And again, we're focused here not so much on the the loyalty that we have toward Christ, although we're going to get to that eventually. Not so much the constance of our relationship with God that impacts us, but for the moment, just asking the question, how am I supposed to be with people? What is my character supposed to be like? How are others going to think of me? Where is my heart when it comes to the relationships that I have here on earth with my brothers and sisters in Christ, but then others around me? How do I show myself to them? What do they have to say about me? If somebody is going to write you a resume or a reference letter, what are they going to say? Are they going to say something about your faithfulness and your loyalty, your dependability, your constancy that you can be dependent upon? I hope they will. Now look at this contrast. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-5. through 5. But know this. In the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That seems to me, and maybe you think of this differently, but it seems to me like that's where the world is going. I see this all the time. And here I am working in the church, but I have enough experiences in the world out there to know that this is often how people live. If nothing else, I occasionally watch TV. And I get it there. Whether I watch the news or I watch some sitcom. We have opportunity to see constantly the ways that people are living for themselves. Rather than living in a way that I would refer to as truly faithful. So I would say that this is one of those great grand Questions facing humanity. I don't know all the things that might cause the downfall of the human race. I don't know all the things that cause us to head in the direction of animalistic behavior. But it looks to me like a lack of faithfulness in our relationships with others moves in that direction. And that God calls us to something different. So you have to ask yourself, I think, some questions. 
in your marriage, what will you be? Is it going to be this? Or is it going to be this? As a parent, what will you be? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be this? As a child, as a friend, as an employee, as a co-worker, as a member of a church, as a follower of leaders in the church, as a leader of a church, is it going to be this? Or is it going to be this? And I don't want to make the choice too simplistic here for us. But sometimes we make it woefully complicated. And I think that the Holy Spirit is saying, I don't want this. And instead I want this. In fact, I'm ready to create this within you. I want to make you this. If you think you can't be this, the Holy Spirit says, I am ready to make you exactly this. We tend to head this way. So often because the world around us is heading this direction. But the Spirit wants this. Now, turn to Psalm 89, or look there again if you're already there. Look at verse 19. This is fascinating to me. The way in which God becomes the ground for our faithfulness, the way in which God is the foundation, the example, the source, the power of what it means to be faithful in relationships. Once you spoke in a vision and to your faithful people, you said, so he has some faithful people, people who really do trust in him. I have bestowed strength on a warrior, a specific one. I've exalted a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant with my sacred oil. I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. No enemy will subject him to tribute. No wicked man will oppress him. Why will all these good things happen for David? Because God is going to be faithful to him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him. And through my name, his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, you are my father, my God, the rock, my savior. I will also appoint him my firstborn, the most exalted of the kings of the earth. I'll maintain my love to him forever. Maybe the very definition of faithfulness. My covenant with him will never fail, he says. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. Now watch these next words. This is amazing to me. This says, if his sons forsake my law and do not follow my statutes, if they violate my decrees and fail to keep my commands, I will punish their sin with the rod, their iniquity will with the flogging. Like they won't just get off scot-free. But I will not take my love for him nor will I ever betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. For once for all, I've sworn by my holiness and I will not lie to David that his line will continue forever and his throne endure before me like the sun. It will be established forever like the moon, the faithful witness in the sky. Now let me ask you a question. 
Did David deserve that? Did David deserve that? And the answer is no. It says here specifically, if his sons don't follow me, I'm going to punish them. But if I ask you the question, whether or not David always followed God, what is the answer? Of course not. You've read a little story about David being up on a roof, looking down and seeing a beautiful woman across the way, and he goes and he takes her, and ultimately he has her husband killed so that he can be with her, so that the baby that she's carrying, well, you know the story. Did David deserve this kind of faithfulness? And the answer is no. But our God is a covenant-keeping God. Our God says, I will not fail you. I will not leave you for any reason ever. And the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life in such a way that the faithfulness that is God's toward us, toward you, is exemplified consistently within his people. And so I'm asking this morning for you to think seriously about your relationships. The members of your family, the one to whom you're married, your boss, your co-workers, your church family, your elders, your preacher. God calls us in our relationships to be faithful. In fact, calls us to exemplify the Holy Spirit and His fruit in our lives in those relationships. And that means standing so differently in such a different place from the rest of the world. We are going to be different people if the Holy Spirit lives in us and changes things about us. One of the ways in which we're going to be shaped is, is even in our our commitment to the ministry here. I mean, I won't look for all the hands who maybe years ago, maybe 30 years ago, maybe 50 years ago, made a decision to give your life to Jesus and commit yourself to his work. God expects you not just to continue to say that he is God, but to actually be faithful in the work that he's given you to do on his behalf and to carry through with a lifelong pattern of faithfulness. And so I think of somebody like Marshall Hare. Marshall's already gone for the day, I think. He has to go and, and get lunch or he doesn't get it. So he leaves and he misses the sermon. Marshall, for decades, 
has been counting our money and helping with our books. And he does it every Sunday, Sunday in, Sunday out. He has to have a walker to get here and to get out of his car and to get into the building. But he's here and he does that faithfully because a long time ago he committed himself to the work of the Lord. Wayne and Darlene aren't here this morning. They're probably in Victoria seeing grandkids or something. But for 18 years, Wayne did children's church every Sunday in our church. For a good portion of those years, Heather Haywood helped him. And maybe others that I'm not even aware of. For years, faithful service in this place to the Lord. For 40 years, Ellen Rich taught children in a nursery someplace for a good portion of those years here. For 30 years, my wife, who is still a very young lady, has been teaching Bible school. She's got decades left to teach still. And my point is that God is calling you to that kind of faithfulness. Whether it's in your relationship with him, not so much acknowledge him as Lord, but just keeping that relationship alive and being the servant that God calls you to be. And in your relationship with people here, he's calling you to a life of faithfulness to these people. Look around you. A life of faithful commitment to these people. God's calling you to that. And he wants his spirit to work that within you. And what's wonderful is that despite your sinfulness, just like David, God's going to continue to be faithful to you And one day, despite your sin, he will say, come on in, O good and faithful servant. Let's pray. God, our world today doesn't honor commitments. Our world today doesn't preserve relationships. Disloyalty, lack of commitment, a lack of dependability, a lack of consistency. God, they rule the day. Through your spirit, make us different. In our marriages, in the relationships we have in our church family, with those in our extended family, with our neighbors and friends and co-workers, God, make us dependable 
trustworthy, faithful people. And, and let it be so, God, because we saw faithfulness first in you. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.